Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Inside the one o'clock hour on the fan. Early this Wednesday morning, February 7th, your nighttime host, Keith McPherson, talking the sports, taking the calls, and passing the time. 877-337-6666. Join the show. All right, right back at it. Uh, something I wanted to do. Rami Lavi's in here, and I said that, like, you know, tonight I went to the Devil's game in Newark. He was at the Garden and uh, came back here after watching the Knicks get a win. And, you know, we're both, like, radio guys, young guys, blessed to be inside of WFAN. And we have a lot of conversations about people we admire and look up to. And, you know, I saw Lugie earlier tweet about Breen and Clyde. So I also just ran into a tweet from Bleacher Report. Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart interrupted Mike Breen and Clyde Frazier to congratulate them on 25 years as a broadcasting duo. Also, you just heard Marco Belletti with the update, and Marco was talking about, man, I remember when they used to do the call on radio right here on the fan. And I'm like, I don't remember that. But, you know, shout out to those guys. 25 years doing anything is impressive. Tommy Lugauer writes, Mike Breen and Clyde have been the soundtrack for Knicks games for the majority of my life. I'm so glad they get to enjoy this current team because they had to endure a lot of bad basketball through the years. Two legit legends. Here's to 25 more. You know, and I'll say that to say this. Uh, as a Yankee fan, I feel that way about John and Susan. And as John is getting up there in age, and as I now have a relationship with John, and have even met his kids, and like, you know, know a little bit more about what goes on with John, and have a softer side for John than... A lot of these idiots on Yankee Twitter that, like, you know, try to make fun of the man for any mistakes that he might might make or not seeing a ball go out or stay in the park and not realizing that John Sterling at age 85, the voice of the Yankees, has been doing this for so long and entertaining us for so long, we're going to extremely miss him when he's gone. I kind of have the same sentiment that Lugie had about enjoying this team with Clyde and with Breen, just, you know, happy that they get to enjoy a good team. And I'm really hoping that the Yankees bounce back this year for John and Susan because I know they were hurting last year calling those games, hurting out of boredom. 
watching the Yankees not be able to score. Uh, and they, they, they weren't shy about it either. So, uh, Rami, anything you want to share from the Garden tonight or from Mike Breen? I know we were talking a little bit about Breen, uh, him being a Fordham guy and, and just being a, a legend right here in the city. Yeah, well, first on Breen, he started here, um, or one of the places he started was at WFAN also himself. Uh, he was the Jerry Roll, right? Doing He was anchoring sports updates and on the morning show with Imus. So, yeah, it's it's special to have a guy like that in the city. And one thing that everyone keeps saying is he's so authentic. He doesn't take any moment for granted. He still looks at himself the same way as like he's lucky to be doing what he's doing. Even though he's accomplished so much, he feels like he's privileged and he understands that every day. And I've been lucky enough to meet him, and I met him about three years ago. And it's funny, you always say the world never unconnects. So uh, I met him because I was on the court. And I've been on the court at Madison Square Garden. I've been lucky enough to be on there a bunch of times. But it happened to have been that time I went with Anthony Donahue's uh, group, who's a Knicks fan. You see him on the Knicks on MSG on, like, the commercial. He's one of the fans that talks in the commercial. He's big Anthony MSG on Twitter. And I went with one of his groups. And after the game, I was waiting on the court and I saw Mike Breen and he saw like we kind of our eyes locked and he was walking out a different exit and security wouldn't let me go over to him. But he saw me. So he came over to me and he introduced himself. He sticks his hands out and says, hi, I'm Mike Breen, as if I didn't know, you know, but he came Good. over to introduce himself to me as if like he was he wanted to meet me. And we sat and talked, and I told him I was starting out in media, and he gave me some advice, and we talked for a few minutes, took a picture. Couldn't have been nicer. The nicest guy in the world, the most humble guy in the world. And it comes through on the broadcast. And then the crazy part is tonight I'm about to take a nap because I'm working the overnight tonight, and I'm sitting at home, and I see Anthony Donahue, same guy, tweets out, hey, I have an extra ticket to the game tonight if anyone wants to hit me up. I replied. He shoots me a DM. A whole bunch of people replied, but he shoots me a DM and is like, hey, here is the ticket. Yeah, want to want to want to go. Here it is. So I appreciate you, Anthony. Shout out. And tonight's the night they're honoring Mike and Clyde. And like you said, for me, I was a baby when they started. I, I don't know Knicks basketball without Mike and Clyde. And one thing about the game the other night last week against the Jazz that was so special was it seemed like it was such a special win that win with Brunson going off right after being named an All Star. Yeah, and Mike and Clyde have been with through it with the Knicks fans. They've seen the ups. They've seen mostly the downs. And for this team to be back, they were able to emote on the broadcast. They share the emotion of the Knicks fans on the broadcast. And that's something that comes through. And that's really special coming from them because they could be detached. They could feel like, oh, we're above this, right? We're getting paid. We go to every game. We sit courtside. Mike does finals every year. He'll be there in the yep. end anyway. But no, he feels a certain connection about this team. And it's so special to hear him and watch him. And then you get to meet him. And he couldn't have been a better person. And that's, you know, people say, don't meet your heroes. And when I met him, that was like a hero moment for me. I I didn't grow up wanting to be Carmelo Anthony. I grew up wanting to be Mike Breen. And when I got to meet him, he was better than I could have ever imagined. So yeah. special dude. And then the game itself, if you want to get into that, I mean, it felt like it first. It almost felt like a preseason game with how relaxed it was because they go up big so early and everyone's just kind of having a good time. Everyone's cheering for Derrick Rose when he gets on the floor for Memphis. He had yeah. a nice up and under reverse layup that felt vintage and everyone's cheering for him. Um, he goes to the free throw line. Everyone's cheering for him. Brunson, every time he's at the line is getting MVP chance. Taj Gibson's getting big cheers in the game. And it just felt like a party until all of a sudden Memphis goes on an 18 to one run in the fourth quarter. And at that moment, Brunson goes down and hurts his ankle. And one thing I just saw rewatching it, I didn't catch it while I was there was the first thing he does is he unlaces his shoe and 
tightens his laces. I just rewatched that. Because I was that. like, that's crazy. This guy's such a gamer. He wanted to stay in, so he wanted to reduce the swelling. He said no. Swelling. He almost, yeah. I think he yelled that they were going to send a trainer to him or something. He's like, no. Like, I think the warrior. medical staff kept him back in the locker room to protect him from Tibbs because they knew Tibbs would put him back out there and they knew Brunson would want to go back out and keep playing that game. Luckily, DiFincenzo goes on a 4-0 run himself, pretty much seals the game for the Knicks. But the whole vibe changed in the arena from like a party to all of a sudden, wait, we have now five minutes. We have to close this out without Brunson. And now where do we go from here? No Randall, no Mitchell Robinson. So many injuries already. No OG Ananobi and no Brunson. Luckily, Ian Begley put out a report said they don't think it's severe. That mm-hmm. was the initial report. that, And it seemed like if he really needed to come back and play, maybe he could have. And maybe he misses a game or two sit him till the All-Star game or something like that. Maybe he decides not to participate anymore in the three-point contest, which he was supposed to do. But the mood shifted drastically from a party, from a celebration, to almost like the concern. Even after they won, you could almost hear a pin drop in the building just so concerned about Jalen Brunson because... Because you're you're already banged up. You lose that guy, you don't have anything. He's special. He's the difference on this team. Everyone knows he's the motor that keeps this team going. The point guard you prayed for. couple things. Um... Now I got a, a Pat Mahomes story that I've been wanting to bring to the air, and I just wrote in my notes to say that before we're done. Dante DiVincenzo was asked about Brunson. He said, playing with him for so long, I said, you good? And he's like, I'm good. And I didn't ask anything after that. I don't worry about Jalen at all. He's one of the toughest guys in the league. I'm not worried. So if his boy is not worried about him being hurt, he's not hurt. A couple other updates. The Golden Knights will stop the Oilers winning streak at 16. So... A full house out there in Vegas, obviously, because everybody is out there in Vegas for the Super Bowl. So, packed house for the uh, Golden Knights at the Fortress, and they knock off. The Edmonton Oilers also saw James Smythe, who does uh, some stuff for Yes Network and the Yankees, reported about basketball. He said, history in Phoenix, the Bucks lose to the Suns, snapping their 26-game Tuesday winning streak the NBA's longest ever for any particular day of the week. I had no idea that the Bucks had a Tuesday. Who tracks that? Guys like James Smythe that do like numbers and stats. And I was like, oh, well, these guys haven't lost in the last 26 Tuesdays. All right, let's get to the phones. John and Huntington on the fan. What's up, John? How you doing, Pete? Good, good. Thanks for checking in with us. Obviously, tonight's game with the Knicks was, uh, like, scary as hell. It was almost disastrous the way it uh, ended. And what do you think they're going to try and do during this deadline, if anything at all? I just I just think you can add another scorer. It just makes too much sense to shore up this team, to add another guy from the Lakers game to even tonight when you have the scare of seeing Brunson yeah. go down. It's like, what what happened? Like, that's all reality. Like, make and that insurance move. He hurt worse than he is, than they're letting on. OG is hurt, and I, I don't know. I think there's something up, man, because this guy right. got traded I, here, and he, and he played so well, and it was like like the Knicks, the Knicks play everything very close to the chest. They don't tell you anything. They don't let you know anything. Right now, for Randall to be out with a separated shoulder, being reevaluated in another week, OG. But they don't want to get fleeced, I think, at the same time. Well, so no, they, you don't want to get fleeced, but at the same time, you don't want to let opportunity pass you by but, but, yeah. in a season where yeah. you feel like you're close and I don't know. The Eastern Conference seems like it's up for grabs. Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're like ahead, you know, right behind the and like if you lose Randall, like you know, I saw Evan earlier today, like you know, if they could replace Randall with like the Rosen for the time, do you do it or do you not? Like it's such a a tough 
call, I think, at this point I think you do it. I think you do it versus not doing it, and then you lose, and you think about coulda, woulda, shoulda, or like I was talking about before, another team in the East or the West makes a move for a player you were thinking about, and they take off or they ascend with that addition, and you think about what it could have been for you. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, because I, I think they have to, they have to, it was too scary tonight with the way they, you know, they let, that was an NBA D-League team they played tonight. That wasn't a real Right, league. that's why the vibe was what it was. You knew there was no way they yeah. were losing to the Memphis Grizzlies. Thanks for the call, John. Yeah, so, you know, speaking about um, Brunson's injury, it made me think about Patrick Mahomes and how I just should have never bet against this guy and how even if the, the 49ers somehow win, I think, you know, the only way they win is if this guy is not playing. And, you know, seeing Brunson kind of yell at the trainers and kind of back off the medical staff tonight, it reminded me of the first round of the playoffs last year in the NFL when we saw Patrick Mahomes tweak his ankle against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, like, talk about putting up a fight to not even, like, come off the field and get x-rayed. He was throwing a fit. He refused to come out of the game. Of course, he ended up coming out of the game and Chad Henney went in. But, like, the passion that guy plays with, the love of the game, the fire that he has is the reason why he's in four Super Bowls in his first five years. Like, yeah, this guy is, like, something we've never seen. And I know you hear it all day, every day. But, you know, that Brunson clip just made me remember, like, football is way different than basketball. Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl last year on a bum ankle. He tweaked his ankle in the first half of the first round of the playoffs, and he refused to come off the field, refused to be knocked out, um, got through practice, got through the next round in the Super Bowl. Like, eye of the tiger, the will to win, refused to lose. Like, he's just he's, he's cut from a goat cloth. He's a different type, so I'm not betting against him again. And I feel like a dummy for thinking, oh, yeah, they're distracted by Taylor Swift. Oh, Travis Kelsey hasn't been the same guy. Kadarius Tony sucks. Who's he going to throw to? Rasheed Rice, a rookie on the road? Oh, they'll probably lose to Buffalo. They'll probably lose now to the Ravens. No, they're not losing because they have experience. They've been there, and they have the best quarterback in the NFL, a guy that you literally have to kill to stop. So just some thoughts about Pat Mahomes. Craig is down in Red Bank on the fan. What's up, Craig? What you got? Hey, Keith, just uh, trying to stay awake here. Just landed back from Salt Lake City. Just thought I'd share a quick story. Okay. The uh, Thunder were staying in my hotel, uh, just walking around, man, just like normal guys. And I'm thinking, is it Salt Lake City? Because in New York, you'd imagine it would be mayhem with these guys just getting Uber Eats and working out in the gym. And oh, the yeah. Security guy, security guy's a cop from Jersey. So I said to him, hey, be easy on my nets. He goes, oh, we start talking. He says, oh, you want tickets? I'll get you tickets to a game. Just the nicest guys and just like hanging out. I mean, it's it got to be a Salt Lake City thing, man, right? It can't be. Yeah, I've like, never been horrible. out to Utah. Uh, I used to mess with a girl that went out there for a business trip, and I remember like talking to her and even her like, you know, showing me some stuff, and I'm like, what the hell goes on out there? Are you on a business? It's just, it's just a quieter place, different way of living in small market you go there to play the utah jazz it's not like new york at their all own gym or facilities or something but hey real quick on brunson my kid plays high school ball and all i do is tell him about wearing high tops i mean i'm old enough to know 
High tops were created for a reason. None of these guys were high tops, man. It drives me nuts. Yeah, because they all like, go for, like, the style of the low. I don't understand that either. The low-top basketball shoes, I used to always sprain up my ankles with high tops. And then I went, you know, wear the ASO bandage. Now I see these low, like, Kyrie's or the John Morant's. It's like, why would you wear them on the court when you're cutting and you're trying to cross guys over and you're trying to get into tight spaces? Right? Ankle support. That's it. That's all you need. A little bit of ankle support. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for the call, Craig. I mean, tape your ankles. Wear the ankle braces. Like, I know Curry for a while was wearing them ankle braces. And he had, remember Kobe when he tore the Achilles? He had those, like, extended Kobe's for the Achilles support. It's just, it's a style. It's a look. They don't like the look of the high tops. They're, they're, they're too clunky. Now these guys also want shoes that you can wear for style off the floor. You know, they're trying to sell basketball shoes that people wear for lifestyle. Steve is in Stamford, Connecticut. What's up, Steve? How you doing, Keith? I actually met you one night at Mohegan, but uh, really big fan. Good to talk to you. Um, so, got a question for you. Uh, we share Yankee. I'm a longtime Yankee season ticket holder, so I had a Yankee question and a Nick question. Um, on the Yankee side, do you think there's any chance that you hear that, you know, Blake Snell isn't getting the numbers that he wants? And we obviously lost a lot of our depth in that, in the Soto trade in arms. Do you think there's any chance that we sign Snell to, like, a short-term, two-year, you know, like almost like a Verlander or Scherzer contract that they gave last year, the Mets gave them. And just to add, I mean, I think he's nasty. I think he's a proven AL East pitcher. Um, I think he's a guy who strikes out around 11 a game. I know he's got a high whip. I think he would add serious depth and be a true number two while we're trying to figure out if Rodon is going to return to Rodon's, you know, real status. Yeah, until he signed, I got to hold out hope that maybe the Yankees are in on him because the reports over the last week were uh, Hal Steinbrenner's out on him. And then there was another report that they're back in on him, I guess, with the Corbin Burns move. And if no one has signed him, that nine years, $27 million number that Scott Boris put out there, what is that? Who's going to do that? I think there's also a chance because he's friends with Aaron Judge. And if Aaron Judge is getting his way and having a say in things as – you know, we kind of heard that he was at the end of the year. There might be a chance that in spring training, you know, if they go through two weeks of spring training and Blake Stell's not signed, the guy's going to want to get in camp. He's very familiar with Tampa. There could be like a two, three-year deal, high AAV. Um, I, the Yankees offered him six. The Yankees offered him six years, $150 million. So maybe they come up on that. I don't know. I think there's still a chance. I, I would welcome I hope it there's a beating at this of the point. I'm a, yeah, I'm a big Snell guy. He's proven in the AL East. I, I just, I really like him. I think he makes a huge difference for us. And then two last quick ones. Um, first of all, still on the Yankees, I don't understand why we didn't sign Peralta. He's, I understand we just got another lefty for the Dodgers. To be honest, I don't know even, I know I have nothing about him. But Peralta is, was a workhorse. He was dependable. He was underrated. He was usually not hurt. He always took the ball in consecutive days. Yep. And he was a lefty. Like, to me, he was a dream Yankee, and I don't understand how you let him walk to the Padres. Like, it's that kind of when you always talk about the Yankees shopping at the bargain basement or the dollar store. Like, it's those kind of moves that are mind-boggling to me. Because getting pitchers who actually can pitch under pressure in New York, not get injured from the left side and take the ball every day on three days in a row. I mean, he was a gamer. So I love your opinion on that. 
And then I also wanted to touch on, on the Nets a second. I know you're a Nets fan. I'm a lifelong Nick fan. And if you could put aside the injuries for a second, I don't understand. And I'm really curious, again, since you're a Nets fan. I don't understand why the Nets wouldn't do a trade. Like, if we gave Fournier's expiring contract, took on, I don't even have Ben Simmons, but, like, took Fournier's expiring contract, gave you a Quentin Grimes, and gave you four number ones for Bridges. And to me, that's the final piece. If we're healthy and you add Mikael Bridges to this Knicks team, that's the guy who can match up with Porzingis against the, the, the Celtics in the East. He, is the, he plays, obviously, he's the fourth piece of the Villanova you know, package, so they're all going to play well together as we're seeing all the Nova guys play well now. Like, I think Mikael Bridges is the final piece. And if the Yankees and Red Sox can trade together, which I still can't believe with Verdugo, like if they can make a trade, the Nets and the Knicks can make a trade. So I was curious on on that and the Peralta thing. Thanks for the call, Steve. Let's start with Wandy. When I initially saw the deal was four years for sixteen point five million, my initial reaction was, "You couldn't have done that. You couldn't have gave Wandy a sixteen million. I forget the caller's name that night that called in and heard that he's like Keith. He's thirty two years old. Maybe they didn't want to give him the years. And Wandy, at thirty two years old, is looking for the years because this is probably the last contract." that he's going to have in Major League Baseball. He needs to get paid. He needs the money. I think the Yankees probably wanted to keep him, but they weren't going to give him a four-year contract. And then the caller also said to me, you know, there were parts of last year where he was shaky. There was parts of last year. Everybody was shaky, though. But there were parts of last year that maybe the Yankees feel like he's deteriorating. He's not the same anymore. He's not as effective. He was, you know, really effective. And I think won over Yankee fans in 2022. Obviously, in the postseason, we've seen him uh, go multiple innings. We've seen him close games. We've seen him just, you know, be whatever was asked of him. We've seen him, you know, face lefties, whatever. But I think at 32 years old, they did not want to give him a four-year deal. And they might be on to something as far as, like, we'll see. Maybe he's not effective in San Diego. Maybe he is. But, yeah, I, I, Wandy, especially when you were looking at the left-handed relievers and it was Matt Crook and Nick Ramirez, I was like, what the hell? And then... Uh, Wandy goes and they get Matt Gage and now they trade Matt Gage for Caleb Ferguson and they're looking at uh, Caleb Ferguson, Victor Gonzalez, and I forget who else as their left-handed relievers. Wandy is gone. And then with the Mikhail Bridges thing, the this is what I keep saying. Yeah, sure. Um, your analogy of if the Yankees can trade with the Red Sox, then why can't the Nets trade with the Knicks? Why can't they? Because the Nets aren't trading Mikhail Bridges at all. Multiple teams have checked in on him. Last year, teams checked on him. This year, there was a rumor that the Houston Rockets were willing to give the Nets back multiple picks that the Nets traded them for fat hearted, and they still didn't entertain that. You could get back some of the, the mistake picks that you gave up, your own picks. You can reclaim their, your own picks that you lost. They, they're not interested in moving Mikael Bridges. They're definitely not going to send him. Um, you know, across the river to New York Knicks and help the New York Knicks get one step closer to a championship. No way. Not after you guys took over the Barkley Center and chanted MVP for Jalen Brunson. <laughs> My guy, Mo, from the Bleacher Creatures. What's up, Mo? Bleacher Creatures on both what's, sides of the phone. What's up, Keith? Uh, you know, real sharp call of the guy that was before. He kind of stole a little bit of my thunder, but if you got a minute, I'd... Uh, just like to give a little shout out to my friend who's listening wise. I know that he loves listening to your show and I just, I miss listening to you. I just got back from Morocco, um, taking the plunge. So oh. this might be my last year being single. 
So I'm trying to get out to the bleachers as much as I can because yeah. I don't think I'm going to be going out there very soon. So, huh. All um, right. I'll see you soon. Congrats. Yeah, but um, good. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. But just a, a quick question. Uh, first of all, on Wendy Peralta, it was an interesting uh, four-year, $60 million contract. But I don't know if you know this, but he's got an opt-out after every year. Oh, I so, did not know uh, that. Really, yeah, so, you know, if he uh, stinks up the joint, you know, he's going to opt in and, you know, opt in every single year. And if he has a great year, you'll see him back on the market next year. I think that might have played into uh, – you know, AJ Preller for that contract. Yeah, AJ Preller and the Padres, you know, it's, uh, everything is not what it seems. It seems like they gave him a guaranteed four years, but it's not. Yeah, and uh, just a quick question for you, especially after the, Bur- uh, the Corbin Burns trade, but you, uh, you know, obviously a l- little bit of pressure on the Yankees. The Orioles are still the team to beat, I think, in the East. But um, if you had to pick one for next year, you know, they seem to be all in. Would you rather see Cody Bellinger or would you rather see Blake Snell? Oh, Blake Snell, 100 times over. Um, you, you need another frontline starter. You need another two behind Cole. Cody Bellinger, as soon as they made the Verdugo and Soto trades and even added Grisham at the winter meetings, that canceled out Cody Bellinger for the contract that he's looking for. And he scares a lot of people because they're not sure if he's going to be Cody Bellinger of the Cubs last year or the last years that he had with the Dodgers uh, where, he, where he, he wasn't an MVP, wasn't so great. So, no, Cody Bellinger, to me, I haven't, you know, I thought about Cody Bellinger maybe in November for a little bit. Like, cool, maybe Clay Bellinger's kid wants to be a Yankee. But once they got Soto and Verdugo, two left-handed outfielders, I knew they weren't interested in Bellinger. Yeah, and the, uh, like I'm like when you see what the Yankees offered six years, one fifty, and he wanted um, nine years to <laughs> two seventy. Yeah, I think there's a middle ground if Hal wants to open up and I think if so you're gonna too. go in, if you go all in, um, like you seem to have done with the Soto deal, I think there's something to be said there. Seven or eight years for about two ten, two twenty. I think that gets the deal done and. You know, if you got a one-two punch of, you know, Cole and Snell, and if you get any sort of a rebound from Rodon and Cortez, I think that team, I think you've got to give them, you know, them and the Dodgers, you know, 1A and 1B is having the best offseason. And that's just about it, man. It was good talking to you. I hope to see you opening day. And uh, I'll hang up and uh, keep on listening so you don't have to be by yourself tonight. Thanks, Mo. Yeah, I'll see you opening day. I'll definitely be there. I'm planning on taking off. And the Drake and J. Cole tour comes to UBS Arena the night before opening day and the night of opening day. And I'm trying to get to that, too, but something's got to give. That'll be a movie if I can pull that off. If I can go Thursday night, nah, I don't know if I want to go Thursday. I'm trying to think. Would I want to go? I wouldn't want to go Thursday night to the Drake and J. Cole show. Because then that's gonna, I'll be compromised for opening day, and the creatures, some of the creatures start opening day seven a.m. Some of the creatures are outside, outside the stadium seven eight in the morning, and I start at least trying to get up and get going. You know, so many people out there, you don't want to, you don't want to try and pull up for opening day, twelve o'clock, eleven o'clock. So I think I would try to hit Yankees opening day during the day, and then the Drake concert that night, and that would be a wild-ass Friday to have the first Friday in April. I'm speaking it to, into existence. You know, I don't, I don't, I've never been to UBS. I don't have any connects over there. I know Sal and 
and and these guys have gone over there and know the owner for the it's Islanders fantastic. games and stuff like that. But I don't know. Do they still have that plug when it's concerts? Put me on. Put me on. The clip's coming out of the Drake and J. Cole concert. That looks ridiculous. So, yeah, the Yankees play a 105 game that Friday. I could watch the game. I, I'm definitely taking off. Watch the game. Slide to Long Island. See the Drake concert. I don't know who's driving me around. And I'm not taking the train. I'm probably not going to do any of that. What am I talking about? I got a baby at home. I'm beat. <laughs> All right, 877-337-6666. Dave and Rumson, you'll be first. And everybody else that calls after will follow. Keith McPherson on the fan. I've got 24 minutes left. I'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. McPherson on the fan. Another day, another dollar. Another night, another morning. C-Max coming up next. Maybe C-Max more of your cup of tea. Or maybe not. Maybe you like me. Or maybe you like us both. I don't know. I see a lot of people that rock with us both. I rock with C-Max. 877-337-6666. If you call up, you might catch me. Or you might roll over into Chris McMonigle's show. And yeah, we're all different by design. The radio can't be the same all day, every day. Can't sound the same every block. Gotta be a little different, man. I don't know. I think that's by design. I think that's on purpose. What didn't we talk about today that I wanted to add in here? I don't know. I'd rather get to the phone. I said Dave and Rumson would get to go first. Dave, you got it, man. Go for it. Hey, Keith. How you doing? Good morning. Good. Good Uh, morning. Thanks for calling. Big Yankee fan, and um, I don't want to drag your show down about, you know, talking about the past stuff, but that, that Yankee uh, opening day that it snowed. Oh, that's, uh, not, dragging, the... that's not dragging us down. <laughs> you, tell us your story. Yeah, go for it. 
Well, anybody that was actually there, because, you know, I'm sure millions of people have said they were there. Around the sixth inning, uh, they came out with an announcement. Steinbrenner decided to give everybody that was there uh, tickets to any of three games uh, because you stayed and it was snowing. Uh-huh. And it was the first time, uh, you know, they actually moved up opening day that year. And um, anyway, uh, I picked the third game in it, and uh, that happened to end up being Dwight Gooden's no-hitter. <laughs> well so, done. So we got free tickets to uh, to Gooden's no-hitter for sticking around, you know, old school with the old tickets. So anybody that had that ticket could turn it in. And anyway, turned into a, you know, good story. Yeah, and that's tough you to know? do. Good call. <laughs> and they, they don't do that anymore. That doesn't ever no, happen anymore. No, Well, because nobody has their own tickets anymore. You know, everybody yeah. buys them on. You know, so yeah, it's hard to, to trace do. them back. Well, you but, know what they uh, do? I, they do the the appreciation day, the last game of the season. They yeah, give you yeah, a voucher that you can <laughs> you can pick a, a free free game the next year. I've actually I've actually been to three no hitters, which used to be uh, you know back in the day it was it was rare. But there's a nah, few more people that have been to three. That's impressive. I was, uh, I was fortunate to be at Rigetti's and uh, Abbott's and Gooden's. So, uh, anyway. You listen, got, the, uh, you got you, the Midas touch. You got to pick out some yeah, games for no. me to go to. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your energy. You keep it going. Unfortunately, my son's a big fan, so right now he's probably got his radio on in his room at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> at 14. But, uh, keep it, uh, you know, appreciate you keeping us going on the late shift. All right, buddy? I got you. Thanks for the call, Dave, and shout out to the young guys that are like, I'm not tired. I'm going to listen to Keith's show till it ends. Then I'll go to sleep. And if I'm still not tired, I'll rock with C-Max. He was C-Max talking about. They don't turn the radio off over here. It's 24-7, man. 365, seven days a week, 24 hours. You can find somebody on the fan talking sports. Just depends who you like or who you don't like. I think I pretty much give everybody a shot, man. There's only a couple people on the fan that I, when I hear them, I'm like, nah, bro, I'm not good. I'm not straight. <laughs> I'll never tell you who those people are because then I'll sound like a hater. But there's like two people that when they're, when they're having shows, I just, nah, I ain't, did, you, did you hear such a, nah, I didn't hear not a second of that. I'm good. I've heard enough. There's nothing they can offer me. I don't want to hear their takes. People are going to start <laughs> testing you when they meet you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone's going to get to the bottom of the two people that have been on the fan that I don't hear. I've never really got to hear. I think I heard um, Al Cintron, Alvin Cintron once. I think his premiere I heard, but I don't really catch him too much. Come rock with us every Sunday morning, Saturday night overnight. We have a good time together. You, you've been able to produce, produce him almost every shows? time. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, shout out to him. Shout out to CP too. CP the franchise getting on the uh, afternoon drive because I know he's in the fold. I know he's, um, you know, technically like hired or a part of WFAN and I saw the clip they you know digital put together a clip with CP I'm like good man good the Knicks are good like let let CP rock and I, I've had CP on a bunch of times I've, I've had him on at least three four times good to see him doing his thing good to see the guys out in Vegas doing their thing we were just talking during the break and um I didn't realize the whole Randy Moss thing because you know when you're the nighttime host, it's near impossible to listen to the morning show because I have to sleep during those hours. I just there's I, I usually my alarm is set right now for tomorrow morning at ten. I gotta call at ten thirty. But what I hope is to get home and be able to go to sleep for seven hours 
seven hours of commercial free sleep from 3 a.m. to 10 a.m., which is there's zero chance that's going to happen because my son is going to wait. My, I just looked at my phone during the break. My wife's like, he's been up three times tonight. And I'm just like, yeah, um, he's almost 10 months, 10-month milestones. He's growing. He's becoming a man. Like, let that man rock. And she sends me a screenshot of my baby sitting up in the crib, which is also wild, too. But back to what I was talking about. Um, you'll, you'll get there, Rami, when you have kids. Like, to see your baby go from being, like, a pod that's, like, in a swaddle, like, wrapped up and can't move to just, like, six, seven months you fast forward to them being able to, like, sit up in the crib and, like, look up at the camera. And, like, next thing you know, he's going to be crawling out. But, yeah, don't don't rush having the kids. What I wanted to get to was... The morning show, guys, two things Rami told me. Like, the Randy Moss thing, that they booked the ra- the wrong Randy Moss. I thought that was, like, a gag. Or, like, sometimes you don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know when guys are joking or kidding or whatever. I guess they, they thought they booked the right Randy Moss and they booked a different Randy Moss. So that never happened. Randy Moss was never actually on the show. And I think they were advertising it like, yo, this is the one guy that we did book. Yeah, they and, booked the wrong guy. But the right Randy Moss actually quote tweeted it and was like, ha, ha, ha. Like, he re- responded to it. It was funny. I forget what he tweeted. But it got his attention because it made news. In fact, my father, I same thing. I got home at 630 in the morning. My father was the one who texted me. He's like, you see this? I'm like, no, I was sleeping. He's like, how am I seeing this before you? Don't you work there? I'm like, we have to yeah, sleep exactly. at some point working the night shifts. Like, you know, I, I always get texts. If I get mentioned... During the morning show, I never hear it, but I'll, I'll wake up to text like, oh, Boomer said this about you or Geo said this about you. And I use him just like, so <laughs> I don't care. I'm like, I'm not going back to the Odyssey app to rewind. And what happens on air when I'm sleeping is not clearly not for me to hear whether it's good, bad and different. I'm like, thanks for the update. But like, I wasn't listening. Like, Did you hear that? Nah, bro, I was I was dead asleep. But uh, the other thing, Rami said to me, I guess, from the morning show, is that they're trying to book Dua Lipa in here. Like, to come in studio in here. Yeah, so that was something they worked out with one of the music stations. They donated some... Well, Odyssey... Yeah. They they donated money to their toy drive around the holiday time, and in exchange, they were going to send... When Dua Lipa came in to promote whatever she's promoting, they were going to send her in here, because apparently Gio's a fan. Which... Yeah, so am I. So, like, yeah, exactly. when, when she pulls up, I'm not going home. Yeah, and I'm I was gonna thinking, pull a Hoff. I'm asleep somewhere in the in the back, like Hoff be sleeping in the back. <laughs> so I'm working on just... digital on the morning show later this month for three days, and I'm kind of hoping it's then. <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh, yeah, that would be fun. Don't get me started on Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa over Taylor Swift ten times out of ten. Dua Lipa. I just saw her at the Grammys, and I was just saying to Rami, like, my my girl loves Dua, but I put my girl on to Dua back in 2018. And I was showing her all her YouTube videos and how she came up and how she trained to be who she is, dancing, singing, how she got these different looks and her videos when she was coming up. Man, she, she's got bops. Talking in my sleep at night, making myself crazy. Like she's, she's got tracks, and I love Dua. So when Dua, when Dua shows up here, they got to have advance notice. They got to let me know. I'm, I just want to see Marshan will tweet like. it out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Marshan actually is out of uh, the New York Post. I saw him like resign. I think he's going the athletic. He's going the athletic. Yeah. Everybody's going the athletic. But yeah, Dua, Dua is like a hall pass chick. I think Dua is one of the one of those chicks that my wife is like, if you can actually pull her, bro, go ahead. Like you got it. Like 
not even going to trip. Like, if you can actually court her and, like, you come back and tell me, hey, where were you last night? I was with Dua Lipa. I'm, I wouldn't even bug out about it. Like, you got that. You got that. And that's rare. That's rare. Dua Lipa, I don't know who she rocks with. I remember she was dating this one weird dude. And then people thought she was dating Jack Harlow. And I was like, hell no. She was worldly. She's dating that guy from the new um, The Boys in the Boat is that movie that just came out. I'll look it up. I'm the worst at movies. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll look it up. You you mentioned two movies before. I'm like, I didn't see, even the Sydney Sweeney chick, I didn't see her movie. Um, Paulie has mentioned movies. Carl has mentioned I, I don't know any movies. I know what happened in the game. I barely know that. guy named <laughs> Callum Turner, I think. 877-337-6666. Who's your hall pass chick? Do you think you could pull Dua Lipa? Do you prefer Taylor Swift over Dua Lipa? Like, that's it's a weird thing. You know, I, I've i been married now. I'm going on three years married, but I've been with my wife for a long time. Honestly, like, I listen to all of our hosts, especially, like, Evan and, like, Afternoon Drive. And I know BT and Sal do a little bit of talking about their, like, dating prowess and their conquest and their marriage and stuff. I don't really do too much because you don't really do that by yourself. But I laugh at some of the stories and, and so Especially when, like, Evan tries to speak for everybody, and I'm like, bruh, speak for yourself. <laughs> Evan's got the best stories because no one else has those stories, but he thinks everyone else has those stories. Like, Yo, speak for yourself, bro. I never had a problem in that department. I not, there wasn't a single year. I didn't. I never slumped. Knock on wood. Not even knock on wood. I don't even know what to say to that. Like, not trying to brag. Like, I never slumped in that department. I was dead broke pulling them. I guess because I always played sports. I'm not the worst-looking guy. I never struggled in that department. I actually got out of the game once they started to turn into, like, Tinder, Swipe. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. That's why I'm with my girl from college. I also went to two colleges. I had a a good enough sample size at James Madison University, a school that was 68% female. And then when I transferred to mom at the much smaller school, but in my backyard where I was from, not only did I have Mammoth University girls, I had girls that I knew from Ocean Township, Shore Regional, Long Branch, like all the surrounding areas. So I uh, never struggled in that department. And I always laugh when I hear Evan talking about, you know, his either you know, dating or trying to make analogies to some of this stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> nah, bro. Okay, here we go. Do a leap of call. Alex is in Princeton, New Jersey on the fan. What up, Alex? What's up? Uh, I just want to completely agree with you. I put I put my girl on at the same around, same time around like 2018, and she said the same exact thing. Like, call fast if you can get it, you can get it. Yeah, because uh, girls girls love and respect Dua too. They she just she's fine as hell. She can dance, she can sing, she's got hit records, and she just like when you see her, it's like nobody can hate on her. No, like Taylor Swift's easy to hate on. I, I just have a question. Have you seen her in her trailer for like new spy movie, uh, like book movie thing that they're doing? Spy movie? Nah, but my my sister was here for Christmas, and my wife and my sister were watching a Barbie movie, and Dua popped up in the Barbie movie. That got my attention. I didn't watch the Barbie movie. I couldn't. I couldn't do the bright colors and the even the, the storyline. But as soon as I saw Dua, I was like, oh. She Rami, is, Rami knows that Rami just said it. Say it on air. I don't know the name. I just Googled it. It's called Argyle. I heard it wasn't good, though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I haven't seen the movie. 
But in the trailer, you, you see Dua Lipa. She's like the first thing you see in the trailer, and you kind of get intrigued. And then they show John Cena, a few other people. And kind of like, huh, maybe I don't want to see this movie. But Dua Lipa on her own kind of makes you just want to step in a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I do know what you're saying. Thanks for the call, Alex. Dua Lipa, she's just fine, bro. I I feel like when – okay. So I was saying Dua needs to um, – she needs a headline Coachella. That's another thing. Like before I was way before I was on the fan and when I was a younger lad, I was on a festival con uh conquest, like like music festivals. That used to be my thing. Like I've been to EDC, Electric Zoo, Identity Fest, uh, I've been to Coachella multiple times, Bonnaroo, Lollapalooza. I don't even go to the ones in New York. Like, what are ones in New York? I think Electric Zoo is in New York. EDC, I went to EDC New York when it was in Jersey, not in not at City Field, the one I was at, MetLife. Um, but, yeah, the festival life, the festival culture is nuts. And um, I was rooting for Dua to headline Coachella. And then the pandemic happened. And I don't know. I know Dua Lipa played Coachella like 2014 or 15. And she needs to headline Coachella, but I think she's too big now. I think she's too big to do Coachella now. Sometimes that happens. What uh? What did J. Cole say? Not doing Coachella, booking me, going to be a lot of M's. Okay, Joe and Edison saw this movie Argyle. I, I'm, I'm Googling it. I, I don't think I've seen the trailer. Oh, the trailer's awesome because Dua Lipa is in it, and she is looking good. Okay, so I see. I, I guess, well... My show's going to be over. I was about to do it during the break, but I guess I got something to do when I get home later. Yeah. <laughs> and the, 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 just like you heard, the movie wasn't good. Uh, the movie wasn't good, but it was certainly entertaining. Certain aspects of it were entertaining, but overall it was pretty She's a pretty spy? Late. She she plays a spy in the movie? Yeah, but she comes and goes real quick. She's just in the beginning, and then that's it. Got she kind of She kind of lures the guy in in the beginning of the movie uh, and then sets him up, and then she's gone. But yeah, that, it, that's exactly it, it, it what was, she did in, in real life to you and some other guys. She lures you in to go see the movie. <laughs> you, you spend the $18, and then you're stuck there waiting for her to pop up again. What a setup. Yeah, buddy. And let me tell you, there's a dance scene in the beginning of the movie with her, and it's spectacular. Yeah. She she, she wraps her uh, her legs around uh, yeah, she's the, got the it. other crew. She's got yeah, it. Yeah, the co-star's head, yes. She can Good. dance. She can sing. She's a bad one. Thanks for the call, Joe. Yeah, I got to work on it. I got to work on my celebrity. I got to become famous. Um, if she comes through here, I think I got the best shot out of anybody at the fan, for real. She's just got to see the kid. She's got to make eye contact with the kid, and then the Riz is on, and then I'll talk to her people. She talked to my people. Next thing you know, I'm on a red carpet with Dua Lipa. They're going to say, he's married, he got a kid. And I'm going to say, my wife allowed it. I have a free pass. I'd say BT and Tiki are pretty good looking also. BT and Tiki. Of yeah, but they're here, like right? 50, bro. Yeah, they're older. But they're all... Uh, <laughs> Tiki's short, too. So Yeah, yeah. BT's tall. And Dua's, Dua's tall. Um, And Dua's like 25. She's 28. No, I'm definitely in there then. I'm good money. Yo, like, if they bring Dua Lipa through WFAN, I, I got to stay here. I got to just do my show till 2 a.m. If they're bringing Dua Lipa in at 8, 9, I got to stay here for my shot, for my opportunity. Bro, imagine, 
like you see what Taylor Swift did for Travis Kelsey. If I can pull Dua Lipa, Sayonara, Sports Radio 101, Keith McPherson signing off. I'm going overseas with Dua Lipa. <laughs> Whatever she wants me to do, I'm going to take that Lipa. I'm not going to do another show here. They're going to be like, yo, Keith was at WFAN. He met Dua Lipa. He never did another show. He bagged. That, that would be a great way to end my story, my time at WFAN. The morning show had Dua Lipa on. And Keith McPherson spent the night in one of the back rooms like Hoff. He plotted, he waited, he made eye contact with her. Next thing we know, Spike left, Keith, Keith left. He never did another show. All right, Loopy on the late night. I'm out of here, man. C-Mac's coming up next. Call his show. Call with your thoughts and your takes. Rant and rave and have a good time. And uh, I'll be listening for the half hour, 45-minute ride I got home. And then we've got a five-hour KM to AM. I got to book some guests and figure some stuff out. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you then. Later. Sports Radio 1019 FM. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.